Hey everybody, this is John Burns with New Heights 360, and I'm very excited to have my current guest on here. We've gotten to know each other over the past few months, and her story is just absolutely amazing to me and inspirational, not only for what she's been through, but for what people could be going through in other levels of their life. And I'm very, very excited for Amy to share her why and a little bit of her story as to how she ended up here, which she has a foundation, which is Ninjas Fighting Lymphedema, which I didn't even know this existed until I met Amy. And I'm just amazed with your journey and your story. And introduce yourself. Well, thank you. Um, thank you for having me on here. Uh, my name is Amy Rivera, and I am a lymphedema patient myself. And I didn't even know what lymphedema was until just recently. My Yeah, I had no idea what it was. So you had this going on most of your life, and you weren't even aware of... Yes, so I was born with primary lymphedema, meaning um, it was onset at birth. And the doctors told my parents it was the way my mother carried me in the womb, and the swelling would go down. They didn't know what it was. So then my mother started to take me to hospitals to find answers and over the years they just kept saying it's swelling it's swelling it's normal kept kicking the can down the road kept kicking the can down the road and eventually she just gave up and she couldn't figure out what it was so I grew up with um this thing I called attached to my body because it didn't look like a leg um it looked like a tube and um we didn't have any answers so I was in my 30s when I finally received a diagnosis. So explain in detail what what is it exactly for people that aren't even aware of the existence of this. So lymphedema is a collection of fluid in, it used to be just in a limb, but what we are finding out is we have lymph nodes all over our body. So you can develop lymphedema head and neck, um, arms, legs. Anywhere in your body, um, wherever there's a lymphatic system or lymph nodes, you can develop lymphedema. And what lymphedema is, is when your lymphatics um, are compromised, like I was born without lymph nodes, so I didn't have anything filtering the waste out of my body. Lymph nodes, what they do is they filter the waste out of your body, and they help fight infections and cancers. Well, when you don't have one, the toxins in the waste just sit there, and over the years, it'll continue just to grow and grow. Your limb will grow. It causes swelling because there's nowhere for it to go. And um, if you have secondary lymphedema, which is primarily um, breast cancer patients, prostate cancer patients, um, any type of cancer or trauma to the body, um, then you develop lymphedema. So this can occur if you get some form of cancer? Yes. It's not necessarily something you're born with, but Cor- can be a byproduct of... Correct. It could be a byproduct of cancer. Um, we did have a patient um, that we helped here locally in St. Louis, and we had her on Channel 2 with Mandy Murphy. We did an interview with her. She developed lymphedema on both legs. She does not have lymphedema running in her family. She doesn't have the genetics. She did not have cancer. But she was pushed down a flight of stairs through a domestic violence situation and crushed her lymphatics in her ankles and developed severe lymphedema um, from that trauma. 
Wow. So you could even just have a bad accident of some sort or something on, on that lines and, and have the same issue. Yes, because everybody has a lymphatic system. We all have one. Well, the ones who are born with lymphatic systems, <laughs> well, I should you say. Were, you were missing <laughs> in one leg. Right. So I should say most people have it. Right. Um, however, you can develop any 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 trauma to it. There was a patient that I had talked to who developed lymphedema through a mosquito bite. Now, does she have lymphatic issues running in her family? She could. I don't know. But you never know about the genetics until it happens. That's the problem. We're not able to figure it out until after it happens. And then the problem is we can't find a doctor to diagnose us because they're only taught 20 to 30 minutes in medical school about the lymphatic system. But what they're not taught about is what happens when it malfunctions. Do you think that it was something that's just not seen as very important? I do. I do. Um, Like like in in the realm of of, of medical stuff, it's like, well, yeah, that's a system, but it's... It's not as important as the circulatory, is what I was told. Ah. And as a matter of fact, it's just as important, if not more, because it helps us stay healthy. It helps our circulatory system. It helps all our other systems. It helps us fight infections. And and what it does is, I'm going to get a little bit... um, scientific on you because I try to keep this as um, easy as possible to understand but when your cells are being pushed through your body and the li- so when you're when your cells open and, you, and the fluid moves it goes like this like a snake okay and every time it opens and closes a little bit of lymph fluid drops through and then your lymphatic system is supposed to catch it and what that little lymphatic what that lymph fluid is doing is that's toxins so when your cells are being replenished and, and you're getting your nutrients, the waste is dropping through, and then the lymphatics take it. So it's it, kind of like the sewer system of your the body. The sewer system of your body, and that's what happens. Well, when it's just like if your toilet clogs, what happens? It, it starts backing, backing up. up. That's what the lymphatic system is supposed to prevent. And if you don't have one, my sewer system backed up in a sense. So it's interesting because my wife still has her tonsils. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I was born in the late 60s, but through the 70s, it was standardized that everybody got their tonsils removed. Like, it wasn't even an option. Really? You were just taken. And they just did it. They just did it. Your tonsils were, were removed. Wow. Now they're finding how valuable your tonsils actually are. Yeah. For many of the things that you're talking about. Which I thought was very interesting because my wife still has her tonsils. Mm-hmm. And she's had some health issues this past mm-hmm. few years, which some think, through their own experiences, could be related to things going on with her tonsils, as odd as that sounds. I don't think it's odd. I am a big believer in that. Um it's just interesting how yes. everything's interconnected. Connected. Yes. It, everything's connected. Um, I had my tonsils removed, which I shouldn't have, but this was before I had my diagnosis. And my, I, I would always have major lymphatic issues in my neck. And they said, oh, it's your tonsils, your tonsils, your tonsils. Well, when, when I realized just how important our tonsils are and what they do for our body, I was like, oh, my gosh, I made a mistake. Yeah, everybody of my era... Is tonsil free? Yeah, and <laughs> we just didn't know. Doc, we didn't know, but we're starting to learn that everything's connected to the lymphatic system, and all the health problems that we are seeing is connected one way or another. 
Alzheimer's, dementia, we have lymph nodes in our brain. But if they start to get clogged, you get this thing called brain fog. I suffer from it quite a bit. So I have to really make sure my lymph nodes are open and clean and things are functioning correctly. And that's probably through nutrition and... Nutrition, uh, massage. Physical. Physical. Uh, lots of water. Oh, that's the simple key. But we all... Lots of water. We all the, don't like to drink that yeah, water. No one, no one likes water, <laughs> myself included. I am not I, a huge water fan. I, I try. I'm, I'm really working on it. And really it's funny because it. a family member said, well, you just, you carry this cup around and you just fill it up and you just keep making sure it's filled up and you keep drinking it down. And I've tried that and I usually lose the cup. Yeah, well, I have it right here, but let's see how far I get. I did that. I'm not letting you leave without. I know. And and I put like I put mint in it and cucumbers. I try to like. It's still water. It's I know, but if I don't drink it, you notice a difference. I do not just with my brain fog, but my leg tightens up. I feel the um, dehydration, and I didn't used to feel that before surgery, but I feel the dehydration in my body, and if we are focusing on our bodies we'll be able to notice those things but we're not taught to really listen to that and um because well, most of us are told that it comes in a pill form right it does come in a pill form because when my mom passed away she was on 22 medications yes and what was crazy was some of the medications were causing reactions with the other medications which required a third medication right and i was like well why don't we just get rid of the second medication, then she doesn't have to take, you know, it was just. Did you ever get a clear answer on why not? No. I, I never they do. Did? They gave us more pills. Right. To counteract the other ones. Yes. I never. We were spending yeah. over $700 a month in prescriptions. And who can afford that? And it was insane. Yeah, it, it, we, we, we literally yeah. had a case up on the table trying to keep all this stuff organized mm-hmm. because it had certain times mm-hmm. and, and so forth and so forth. But I was like, she is not that old. Right, to be on this all this I mean, this is like stuff like maybe a 90-year-old might be on. Right. But not somebody in their 60s. Right, very young. But and... that's, I hate to say it, but for most doctors, it's just kick the can down the road, give you a pill, yep. and hopefully everything will be all right. I've, I've, I've come across a lot of those doctors. Oh, I have. So yes. I'm very excited to hear about your journey because it hasn't been an easy journey. And no. that's, that's what really inspired <laughs> me to have you on the show just because, like, fast forward, I've met you on this part of your life. Yes. But missed a whole journey. Yes. And how you even came about to forming your foundation. Mm-hmm. And I know that's your passion. And mm-hmm. you work a gazillion hours a week. I do. <laughs> but tell us about yeah. your journey because it hasn't always been like that. Um, so when, when I was growing up with lymphedema, Um, I was very isolated. I was bullied and I felt like there was a reason for me to be here, but I didn't know why and what my purpose was with this big leg. I mean, God doesn't make mistakes, but I felt like I was a mistake and I had to figure out why. And, um, so I, I grew up in a small town and I was known as the girl with the big leg and I was tired of being known as that. Um, they never just called me Amy. You know, cause my friends did, but other people's, oh, that's the girl with the big leg. I was all, even teachers referred to me like that. And they weren't trying to be mean when they said that, 
But that's what they remembered when teachers it, were calling you the girl with the did. big legs. They did. I heard. I'm sorry, but I got an issue with that. Well, well, <laughs> they did, and it was it was it was a male teacher who who did it quite a bit. But I would hear him say it to other people. He wouldn't say it to me, but I would over, I would hear him, and um, so I thought, okay, I'm gonna really show them, and I decided I was gonna change my identity. And anyone who has teenagers. We know everything, and there's nothing. I have, I have one. And I got a third on the way. <laughs> I do too. I do too. And, and trust me, they are teenagers. Yes, and you can't tell us anything at that age. My 12-year-old just blows my mind. So mm-hmm. my wife video chatted me last night on his phone because uh-huh. I didn't know anything about the Snapchat. So oh, I didn't have it on my phone yet. Yeah. But he had it on his phone so we could talk to her. Yeah. And so he stood in the kitchens with his arms crossed because I was on his phone. Oh. Talking How to his How dare mom. you use his phone? And his finally phone. I had to say, you need to go upstairs because I know you think this is your phone, but I bought the phone. I pay we for pay it. We pay for the phone, so it's our phone. Yep. Okay, so hit the brick. Yep. You know, but it's yep. just funny because he's yeah. just getting more and more challenging. <sighs> and I don't mean to get off subject. No, but, but they do. They do. And I'm like... So I'm trying to imagine you as a teenager with this. So situation. I was, um, you know, so I, I, I was very unhappy, um, even though nobody really knew that. Um, I was miserable inside, and I thought I'm gonna just be someone different. So I had this brilliant idea, my poor parents, that I was gonna be in a beauty pageant, and I was going to change the way people thought of me. Wow, that was that was gutsy. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I don't even know what I was thinking. So, I enter the pageant, and I get all the information in, and I go to my parents, and I'm like, I really want to do this, and they're trying to talk me out of it. Looking back, they were trying to kind of just protect me because they didn't think I would win, and you know, make a mockery out of what I've already trying to run from. So I go to the pageant, and um, I remember standing on the stage and, and like, I, my parents were there reluctantly. They didn't want to be there. And, um, I'm standing on the stage and I'm looking at everyone's ankles and calves. And I'm like, wow, she's got a nice calf. You know, I always did that. I stared at people's legs because I didn't have two good looking legs. I had one. And, um, I remember staring at the girl's legs. And I didn't even hear them call my name. Now, I'm in the final final group of girls. Oh, wow. I, I made it to the final group of girls. The reason I made it to the final group of girls, we had to give a speech on why we were there. And I had this whole speech prepared. I get on the stage. I forget the entire speech. So you had to speak from the heart. So I had to speak from the heart. And I thought, oh, God. What am I going to say? And I look at my parents, and they're looking nervous, and I'm looking out in the crowd, and I look at the judges, and they're just sitting there. I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to win this anyway, so I might as well just tell them why I shouldn't be here. Not why I should be here, but why I shouldn't be here. So you were already starting awareness unknowingly. Unknowingly. Way back then. Way back then. And I told them that I'm ugly, and I'm tired of being known as this girl with a big leg, and the reason I entered the pageant was if in case I won, people would remember me as whatever that title was on that sash. And 
made it to the entire round, you know, the two, through three rounds. They call my name. <laughs> I'm over here looking at calves and ankles. <laughs> Analyzing foot size. Analyzing foot size. <laughs> like, maybe one day I could wear that what heel. that girl jogs? She's right. Nice <laughs> I, I mean, I really thought these things. Which I could understand yeah. if, if this is what you've been struggling with yeah. your entire life. Yeah. I, I just, I envied it. And um, the girl next to me did this, and I snapped out of it. And they called my name again. And I realized that I had won the Miss Junior America co-ed pageant. Wow. And I was like, are you are you sure you called the right person? Like, and this was way before Steve Harvey time when he called the wrong winner. But I'm sitting here going, looking around, I'm going, are you sure? And I did. So there was three of us standing there at that time. And there were different titles for different sections, and I won the Miss Junior American Co-Ed, and it was like hostess. And I got this big old trophy and big crown and big sash, and I was on cloud nine for about three days. And then reality came back. Reality came back the day Monday started. And I went to school, and everyone at first was like, oh my gosh, congratulations, and so forth. And I, did, I went an entire day without someone calling me a girl with a big leg. So I thought, my plan worked. Then it turned into the beauty queen with the big leg. Oh, so they, they upped it a notch. They upped it a notch. And that just backfired on me. It left me feeling pretty just low about myself. And I thought, I'm never going to get rid of this title. Uh, why? Why me? You know, No one in my family had it. None of my friends. I was the only one for over 30 years. Like, the only one. So, um... After that, I kind of went down a downward spiral for a while. After graduation, I decided to go to nursing school. You know, my passion is always to help people, and I wanted to be a nurse. Went through nursing school, and fresh out of nursing school, my legs started to really get bad. And uh, So the fluid was building up. Yeah, the fluid worse. was building up worse. And then I had a melanoma um, tumor removed. It was in my right leg. Uh, right out of nursing school, and once it was removed, whatever little lymph nodes I did have in that leg were completely gone in the in the that area. And um, then I it just exasperated to the point where I couldn't even put scrub pants on. It was huge, so I had to stop working in the hospital, and um, that was devastating. I thought, well, so it kind of ended your career. It did, and your passion, which you were working towards. It did. So just. Not to get too personal, but mm-hmm. kind of where were you at at this point? Because that was just like, just been beaten down up yeah. to this point. Yeah. Finally get on a track that you're happy with and mm-hmm. see a future with, and it's just taken away. So I turned to alcohol. That's really where I went. Um, I decided that if you can't join them, or if you can't beat it, join them. And I just decided to join... Everyone else who were suffering from something, I don't want to call them losers because that was me at one point. Um, nobody's a loser. We just deal with things lost differently. Lost for a while. We were lost for a while. And um, when I would drink, I would feel normal. I would feel, I would forget about it. Well, few know about me, but I've been sober for 30 years. Oh, wow. Well, congratulations for 30 years. Yeah. It, so I get it. Yeah. it's Because oftentimes yeah. growing up, and as far back as I can remember, so... 
not exactly, but in many ways I can relate to you. Mm-hmm. Because I always felt like a square peg trying to be driven into a round hole. Oh, that's a perfect example. And when alcohol yeah. hit the body, I felt like John Travolta. Yeah. I even danced like him. Hey. I was so smooth. Silk had nothing on me. Well, and you look like Billy Bob. Yeah, I look like <laughs> Billy Bob Thornton. So, but seriously, yeah. and because the other time during the week when I wasn't mm-hmm. going to the CYC dances and drinking... I was a wallflower. In fact, there's people to this day that don't even know we went to high school together. Oh, wow. That's how shy I was. Wow. But when I got to these parties. That liquid courage. Oh, my God. That liquid courage. But the fact of the matter was, I weighed 118 pounds, mm-hmm. was five foot six, you know, and I had more pimples on my face than, mm-hmm. you know, uh, well, extra pepperoni pizza. Yeah. So, but not in my mind. Right. Once I got that alcohol. Yep. So you are, I get that. Yeah, and that's that's what I I just forgot forgot everything and it numbed everything, and it was also destroying my body even more. And it probably was inflaming your. Oh yes, I can't even have a drop of wine. You know, yeah. um, it just inflames me. Um, and I woke up one day and said, "What am I doing? What am I doing?" So I decided to go back to school, receive my bachelor's degree. Healthcare Administration and Business Management, and I moved back to St. Louis. Um, when I went to school, I was in Kansas City. I moved to Kansas City to get away and kind of fresh start. They have one of the best zoos in the country. They, hey, I love Kansas City. Their, their zoo is yeah, cool, and they got some great cool. restaurants there. They too. do, yeah, and, and great barbecue. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, now I'm hungry. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm going to the pumpkin. Thanks for taking everybody. us on that track, Amy. <laughs> so. Um, when I moved back, I started a corporate America job, um, very well known here in St. Louis, and I worked for a uh, retirement community and nursing community, and I worked in the corporate office. They treated me um, really good in the beginning. I worked there for over 10 years, and um, I hid my leg from them for a very long time. So I wore long skirts and dresses. Oh, wow. They never once told me I had to dress a certain way. Um, I just had it in my head. I wanted to be as professional as possible, and I didn't want them to treat me any differently if they knew about my secret. At this point, it was my secret. And so I would wear long dresses and skirts, and uh, luckily for me, they were in style at the time and, and so forth. So Lucky you weren't in the 80s. I know. There, there was nothing much much below the butt cheeks. Right. <laughs> and they were really, really tight. Yeah. <laughs> and I was never, you know, I'm sure they wondered, like, why did she wear a pencil skirt or something, yeah. you know? But I, I did. I, I wore these long skirts and dresses, and I did really good for a while. And as I continued to hide them, my leg continued to grow. And so I would forget about it until I get home. And I would still drink. This time I would just drink wine. And... um. I would drink two or three bottles of wine, and um, she must have felt very alone. I did. I would make excuses not to go places. I mean, you could put on a good mask. You do. You know, smiling depression is yeah. what I was suffering but, but, from. But when you get home, it's it's like the gravity of everything, like is yeah. present with you. Yes. Like there's no getting away from it. There's no getting away from it. And even to today, there's no getting away from it. You don't get a break from it. And um. I was just destroying my life, and and I didn't even know that's what I was doing because I didn't know how to cope with what it was because I didn't know what it 
was. Well, and you didn't have anybody. And I didn't have anybody. And you didn't have any guidance or mentorship. Nothing. Nothing. You were just basically out here by yourself. Yes. Can't tell you what it is. Oh, I've had several doctors. I've argued with several. Well, I fired several doctors um, who just wanted to give me a water pill and say, you take this diuretic and go on. And finally, I got to the point where I was like, I got to figure something out here. And my turning point was when I was having a conversation with a coworker, a female coworker, and I asked her if she swims. And she, you know, she was like, well, yeah, I swim. And I asked her if she wanted to go swimming with me. Now, disclosure here, I never swam with my leg out in the open. What I would do was I would go to great extents to hide my leg. And I would wear a wrap and I would wear tennis shoes and I'd go down to the pool and I had a pool in my subdivision. So what I would do is first I would get really tipsy so then I wouldn't care, go to the pool and I would hang out and I would lay out and I would cover my leg up and if I would go out to the edge of the pool with my wrap on, I would sit at the edge and I'd untie it and then slide into the pool. So you had a whole process. I had a whole process on hiding it. A lot of work. Yeah. A lot of work just to go swimming. I know. And that's why I never went. <laughs> going to work, time. going swimming, it's like, when do you ever get a break? You're it's right. Like just... And that's why I would never, I would always say no to things. I would make excuses to go to the places. Um, it's and... kind of sad, though, that, like, society made you ashamed mm-hmm. of something that you had no control over. Right. And really no regard for what your own struggle was. Right. With None. That. None. And it's not that one person did it. No, I know. Just in general. In general. But it it really taught me something later on, you know. Um, I always feel that way. Like, we have some customers in in, Mm -hmm. in our other business Mm -hmm. that one in particular is not totally paraplegic, but Mm -hmm. pretty much from, like, mid-chest down, Mm -hmm. zero. Mm -hmm. So what we offered to him, because one day I was watching him get out of his car and just the whole process of... Getting up to the store, getting a door open, I says, look, here's our number. You call, stay in your car, we'll bring it out to you, mm-hmm. and we'll handle payment. You don't even have to get out of your car. Because I bet you were exhausted just from watching him. I, I felt horrible. I thought, yeah. this is what this guy's got to do for everything in his life. Right, right. But in the same sense, I'm thinking, what the hell do I have to complain about in life? And I feel that way now. Like, you won't No, 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 but you know what I'm saying? It was like, you know, woe to me, all the problems Uh I got going on, and oh, poor me. And this guy's in his mid-20s. Right. And due to an accident for the last five-plus years, Mm -hmm. has had nothing normal for the waist down as far as being able to walk, run. I mean, it takes him 20 minutes to get out of the car just to go into a place. Well, his life is so different now, too. Yeah. Yeah. And, but... We yeah. actually have two or three people we do that for now. That's really nice of you. So they don't have to come in and just... And then they'll remember that. For for no matter... Until, until the day they go and leave this earth, they'll remember how kind you are. Because I will never forget the first person who showed me compassion was a stranger. Like, I'll never forget the first person who laughed at why I was hiding my leg because they thought of another reason. Like, you... you Thought maybe you had like a crazy tattoo or something. She thought <laughs> a drunken college tattoo. She well, I I, I had one of those, but I got a couple from the military, so <laughs> yeah. I get it. Yeah. 
She thought I was wearing skirts and dresses because I was Pentecostal. You know, I could have seen that. Did you ever wear your hair up like in a bun? No. Oh, but you could have pulled it off. I know. And I didn't think about that. And you know what? They would have not legally questioned you. Well, they didn't never question me anyways. And she laughed at me when I showed her my leg. Because the reason I showed her my leg was... I'd asked her to go swimming with me. Right. I'm sorry. Now you're not. Oh, you're okay. You, you, you're you okay. Totally yeah. No. And she said, fat girls don't swim in public pools. And it shook me. I could not believe she said that about herself because I didn't see her that way. I never saw her that way. But for her to feel that way about herself, to say that to me, really bothered me. And I thought, all, this all happened really fast. And I thought, I need to share my secret with her. And that was the first time I really shared my secret with my company. And I wanted her to know that we all have insecurities. We all have, we all think differently about ourselves. But then it, it really got me to thinking, if she's so wrong about how people view her, I'm sure I'm wrong about how people view me. And that's when I decided... I'm not going to care anymore. And my husband really had to push me into it because at first it was really, really hard. I mean, the first time I go to back to work and I'm wearing leggings with my leg wrapped, I was a mess. I was shaking. I, my palms were sweating. I was sick. I was worried I was going to get fired. All in my head, none of that ever happened. They were very accepting. But in your defense, so this has been such a focal point yeah. since you were little. Mm-hmm. So it's it's easy to understand why you would have had that thought it, process. It, yeah. That this, your leg, right. in your mind, is like the whole sum total of Amy. And it was. You know. Yeah, to me, it was. Even though yeah. to those outside of you, there's like so much more to Amy. But I didn't see that. So that's yeah. that's really cool, though. Yeah. That, and and they did. They they really, they embraced it and they helped me and... um. They they weren't mean, you know, um, in the beginning. They were very kind to me about it. And as I began to really open up about it, I decided I'm going to find a solution. And then I thought, oh, I'm going to do all these great things. So I start looking for a doctor, and I find a doctor in Germany and France. And how I found them was I was Googling Elephant leg. Big leg. Is that what they used to call it? They used to call it elephant leg because it's a form of elephantitis after a certain stage. Gotcha. Okay. So my leg was like a tree trunk. And, um, I mean, it was huge. My right leg was 200% larger than my left leg. 35 pounds just. Which I can't even imagine. I know because I'm not a very big person to begin with. But I would be pushing on a scale of 190. But I'm trying to imagine you just functioning. It was hard. I mean, I'm yeah. talking like the most basics of just getting around, getting dressed, you know. Yeah. Just. Exhaust. I was exhausted the moment I got up. I don't know if your job required a lot of walking, but. I, I was in the gym, too, with it. Oh, you were working out, I too? was working oh out with gosh. it because I just, I had to do something. And I would work out with it. I would walk with it. And I, I just, I pushed through it. I pushed through the pain. And, um. I have a mindset of, you're not going to tell me I can't do something. So the first person who told me I couldn't go to the gym, you know what I did right after that meeting? I went right out there and I got a gym membership. Well, after what you had been through up to that point? Yeah. 
you're you're a pretty tough cat. Yeah, I just just tell me I can't do something if you want me to do it. Like yeah, just yeah. you know, it's that mind mind trick for me. Um, and after talking to all these doctors, I went to a doctor here, and I told him it was my primary care physician, and I told him what I think I have, and he laughed at me and said, "There's no such thing. That only happens to elderly patients or patients that were fat." As he used the word fat. And or how offensive. Well, yeah, he. I thought about taking and, and going to see him now. I've thought about going down and seeing him you and go say drop hi. a brochure you off to him. Should go say hi. Yeah, because he was and, one of my you, big you motivators. You know what I do to people like that? I thank them. Yeah, he's one of my big motivators. Thank, thank you for inspiring me. Yeah, and here's my business card, <laughs> yeah, by the way. And by the way, we're having a big function that Kathy right? Bates is coming to, right. and we'd really like to have you just maybe show up. You know, you know, <laughs> share your expertise on it. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So he told me I would be in a wheelchair by the time I was 35. And there's nothing I can do. And that... I think about my wife recently. Yeah. Like, so she's, like I told you, she's had yeah. some health issues going on. Mm-hmm. So she went to an ear, nose, and throat doctor. Mm-hmm. And you know what he told her? You need to brush your tongue more. What? My wife, it was like every ounce of her being not to come out of that chair and strangle this guy. That that was his answer so to, t- to her progressive health issues. So he took my copay to tell me to brush my tongue. She's you like, know what I'm saying? Like, there is no one more obsessed with their teeth than my wife. It doesn't matter if she's not. Like, I, but I thought you're a medical doctor. Yes. And that's what you have to offer is that she needs to do a better job of brushing her tongue. I was like, just, but I have to say, and you mm-hmm. totally can relate to this as her and I have been down this journey mm-hmm. this year. It's a lot of can kicking. It is. Oh. And it's a lot of. Well, yeah, there's something going on, but I can't help you. But then they don't tell you where to go. Right. And a lot of the people that you need to go see require referrals. Yep. But the primaries are unwilling to refer. Yep. I just had a patient that I helped with that because the primary, It's like we don't know what it is, but we can't refer you because you think you know what it is. Right. Right. And that's what my doctor, this is what the doctor did. Because my wife, like you, Mm -hmm. researched. You have to. You have to be your own she, advocate. My wife knows so much stuff about mm-hmm. health and mm-hmm. anatomy now. She could probably be a doctor. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure we could. And she corrects yeah. a lot of doctors I, now. Yeah, yeah. Because they come out with their, mm-hmm. you know, so-and-so, so-and-so, and this is what, and she's yeah. like, no, that's yeah. not what it is. And it, she has more credentials anyways because she lives with it. It's her body. Well, and the thing is, she doesn't drink. She mm-hmm. doesn't do drugs. She doesn't smoke. She's she, very healthy otherwise. Yeah, she leaves, you know, eats healthy mm-hmm. food. It's like if anybody knows, she knows what's right. going on with their body. But just the arrogance I know. and the lack of solution. So I Yeah. Anyway, and, so And she probably could out This doctor, just, you need to go take a brochure. Well, I challenge I challenge you to go take I'll take a, a picture. I'll take a picture when I'm doing it. Oh, yeah. do a selfie. Send it to me. I will. I'll yeah, send it to you. Because that's awesome. Well, and and I get a kick out of it personally. <laughs> it's like one of my things now. Um, so he, he wouldn't, he wouldn't help me at all. And I said, well, I don't need you. And I fired him. And, uh, I got online and started doing more research and someone had mentioned lymphedema. And I thought, okay, what is that? So I start looking it up and I see pictures of legs that look like my leg. And what did that feel like when... Like, like, I have goosebumps right now. But, but I mean, imagine you had struggled with this 
Yeah. Alone. Yeah. Alone. Alone. Feeling like you were the only person. Yeah. So how transformational was that day? I was taken away. I, I couldn't even speak for a moment. I was shocked. And then I immediately was just, I just dove into it and said, I have an answer. Now i got to figure out how to get this. And I bet you were clicking away on the oh, computer. Oh, I was. I wasn't, I wasn't even working. Like, you were like manic. You're like, I was like, like, yeah. What's up with Amy over there? She I is was, like, the keys are like flying yeah, off the computer. Printing everything. <laughs> I. And you probably felt a little energized. I did. I was, I was really energized. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I think this is what it is. What shocked me even more was when I saw how many other people had it. I was nowhere near alone. There are 10 million other Americans. Two to 300 million people I worldwide. imagine your struggle up to this point. Uh, why? And you, and you clicking on that to realize that there was all these other people. And there were organizations out there to help us. I had no idea. And it angered me, too, at the same time. Because if my doctors would have known or would have listened or took his eyes off his chart and looked at me and paid attention, I might have had an answer earlier. I can't fault the doctors with my parents. Back then, it, it was very, 30 years, over 30 years ago, they didn't have very many answers. Um, I can't fault them, but I can fault the ones today who won't listen to the patients. Oh, absolutely. You know, and um, so I found, I got on the phone, talked to a doctor in Germany, I do still coordinate with her or uh, talk with her and patients go to her. I talked to a doctor in France. I mean, the doctor in France is the female. The Germany one was a, a male doctor. And as I'm talking to this doctor off and on in France, she's like, well, I'm going to be in New York. You can come see me. I'm like, I can't afford this. And then she tells me there's a doctor in Chicago. Which you could drive up there. <laughs> There's a doctor four hours away from me, yeah. and I didn't watch, even know it. Watch, watch how I get in my car and see how fast I get to Chicago. <laughs> I'd have been there in about two I hours. I called the doctor. <laughs> I made an appointment immediately. Then, because of where I worked, they were able to help me. They flew me up one day, flew me up, and oh, then wow. they did. They did help me, and um, that was very kind. Of one me. of the attorneys. Did back did a bunch you know a background check on the doctor and, and made sure there wasn't any major, you know issues with you know malpractice problems or anything. And this was your company. That... This was my company at the time. Mm -hmm. Like I said in the very beginning, they were very very kind I just to me. Can't, I can't believe they did all that. Other stuff that. Well, oh, I, oh, no, 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 no. I, I don't know any of okay. the but I'm just saying as far as they did, they took care of me. That's were, just amazing. They that... did. They really did. Um, wonderful. It, it was wonderful. Um. And they helped raise money for, for me, and they, they did a lot for me. And um, I go see this doctor. She looks at me, and she looks me over and stuff. She's like, yep, you have lymphedema within minutes. So I've been struggling for over these, all these years. And alone. Then, alone, and the minute you tell me that. And then she goes, well, we can help you. There's a surgery. And she explains the surgery and everything, and I'm like, how am I going to pay for this? And, oh, yeah, insurance won't cover it, but, you know, we go through everything. That day, I felt like I won the lottery because I had a diagnosis, but then I lost my winnings the same day because there's no cure. It's like giving you hope. And then, then we're going to grab it back. Then we're going to grab it back. 
we can have the surgery. It's very experimental. Insurance won't cover most of it. Crazy expensive. Crazy expensive. And you're going to probably be down for about nine months. Oh, yeah. It was <laughs> it so, was an intense so surgery. So let's see. I'm going to be unemployed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, I mean, that's how my brain would have been working. I, I did. Been like, oh, the money. Who's going to take care of the kids? How, uh, you know, I just, I went through all of these emotions within like 15 minutes of just sitting there. And I went home and I thought about it and I said, I've got to get an answer. I've got, I mean, I've got to get a solution here and I have the solution. So I've got to figure a way to get this done. I have the surgery. In 2013, they took lymph nodes from my neck, and they put them in my leg. Um, I saw maybe 15, 20% reduction as far as So it was kind of working? It kind of was working, but the problem was I had so much solid in my leg that it over, that the fluid was, it was such an overload on the new lymph nodes that it killed the lymph nodes. So they didn't actually take any of the mass out? No, not at this time. Okay, so this, this first surgery was just literally, trying to they took lymph nodes out of your neck and just put them in your leg, thinking that that would take the... So what they wanted to do was uh, soften the leg by removing some of that fluid by adding, putting the lymph nodes in there, but... Again, it was experimental, so I knew going in what the chances were. Um, what should have been done was they should have took the solid out first, then do a transfer. Um, but they didn't know it. She didn't know at the time what would. It's like what comes first, the chicken or the egg kind of situation with this with this surgery. And now that's what most doctors do. Um, well, my doctor does. Um, because you just had a recent surgery. I just had a recent surgery um, where he removed. So I, I had this surgery, and because it didn't work the way it was supposed to work, I finally had to go and see the best doctor. And I make that sound like it's terrible, but it's not. Um, it was very expensive for me because I had to go to L.A. And, again, I was worried about kids, family, just all this stuff. And um, was able to do it. And when he saw me, he's like, and I've been talking to this doctor for quite a few years. And we've been kind of, you know, talking off and on and seeing each other at conferences and things. And he's like, you know, I really can help you. You have to come see me. And, and he was never pushy. He was never arrogant or anything. And I go in there and I remember the day before surgery. I just told myself, whatever happens when I wake up, be grateful. Because I really didn't know if I would be able to handle another failed procedure mentally. I just didn't know. Well, and the recovery. And the recovery is so hard. And, um, and I, I don't think a lot of people realize it with something of, like, taking stuff out of the body ooh, is yeah. a very long, painful recovery. I'm still recovering. I have about yeah, another eight saying, months. I'm, yeah, yeah. I ha it's a very long. Yeah, I'm still recovering. I didn't realize how painful and long it was. You you could not have prepared me. As much as, as many people told me what they went through, I was still not prepared for the pain and the um, the emotional part of it. Well, it's a part of you. I, you know, they, yeah. they talk about when people lose a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. Now, unfortunately, I've been skinny as a rail my entire life. <laughs> well, one part of my body was, but... But, you know? but they say yeah. that there's, you know, I've, I've had some friends who have lost major weight, mm -hmm. like 150 plus pounds. Oh, wow. And they go through somewhat of a period of identity crisis. I did. I can relate to that. 
I be- did. Because it, it, the way yeah. my friend explained it to me was I didn't know who I was looking at in the mirror. You don't. And I never understood body dysmorphia until afterwards. And he still felt as though he was that previous person. You do. Sometimes you do. It creeps back into and your head. Yeah. Even though he wasn't, mm-hmm. it's still the shadow that... It is. And it's really hard to um, get through that sometimes because you know what you're seeing is real, but your mind is telling you who you used to be. And then you see that image. And then you don't see the value in yourself because you still see the value of that old you. It, whatever well, and all, that value all that, was. The people that were in your past. In my past. That stacked all that shame on you for that. Right. It takes a long time to... And and it does, especially when they come (laughs) back and say, oh, you're doing great, and I'm so proud of you, and I'm, you know, when I'm on the... It's like, where were you 10 years ago Um, when I could have really used some help here? Right. (laughs) When they see me on the news or something, or when the Kathy... Well, now they want to be your friend. Now they want to be my friend. Oh, they share and say, oh, I'm so proud to call you my friend. You were one of the ones. You know, I don't say anything. I'm very kind to people. I... That's one thing that this taught me, you know, even as a child, I never made fun of people. Um, I don't pick on people or any, you know, I never have because I was that person. But um, you never I, forget people. Either. You don't. <laughs> you don't. Because I don't even forget the people from first grade. No, I don't either. There's still one that. Because I was that kid that was picked on a lot. Yeah. And you don't forget them. Yeah. You just don't. And um, so after surgery, I, I still kind of been like, you know. My life is so different, but I still struggle with the old life. So your last procedure you said was eight months ago? No. So my last procedure was in September 28th was a year. I was a year, but it's 18-month recovery. Okay. And um, I still am recovering. Just I had a lot of nerve damage. I mean, when you remove eight liters of solid and 16 inches of skin, and basically do a tummy tuck on your leg, and you suck all this junk out. You um, were sleeping for all this, I hope. Yes. Now, he does do it with some people who are awake if they have, like, blood clot issues. Oh, so just to make sure that nothing... Yes, he yeah. does do that. I couldn't... There's no way. Now, yeah. they don't feel it, obviously, but there's no way. I just... As soon as I heard that sucks, no way. I didn't, like, I'm going to keep my Someone leg. bring a vacuum in here. Right. <laughs> When you hear that, what is that loud you... sucking noise? Right, and I'm like, oh no, 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 no. No, I'd like to be really asleep. In fact, you could put me to sleep for a couple days because I, 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 I prefer to skip part of the pain process. Oh yes, well. yes. And so, um, what was it like when your first week after coming out of something like that? Just, just curious. Well, so other than a lot of pain. Meds, oh my gosh, yeah, a lot of pain meds. Um, Did they send you home? Not right away. No. Okay, um, so it's not like when you have a kid because I. I know with all four of my kids, it was like the next day, okay, you're all good, and they're yeah. rolling you out the door. No, no, he did not. Because I was such a extreme, extreme case. case, he did not want to send me home. And as a matter of fact, I had to stay two weeks, not in the hospital, but I had to stay two weeks in L.A. and go follow up with him, like, every couple of days and with the therapist, the physical therapist and stuff like that. Um, but when – so I wake up, and I see my legs under the covers. Now, normally, my right leg is much higher than my left leg because of the circumference of it and how sure. big it is. And I see them like this, and I'm like, okay, they're even. And I didn't want to, like, pull the covers back. And the therapist comes in, and she's like, 
ready? I'm like, ready for what? We're going to get up and walk. Holy so, um, cow. Here we go. So I, I have pictures of this, and I'm getting the pain just to get up to walk. And I know as a nurse, you must move. I get it. I did not want to move. But I mustered through it, and I'm walking, and I have several bandages on me. So my leg looks still pretty big, and I'm thinking, oh, gosh. Didn't a lot get of it swelling, off. I'm sure. A lot of swelling. But I didn't see my leg yet. I saw it all bandaged up. Sure. But I'm like, there's there's no way he did what he said he was going to be able to do. But did you notice when you started walking how much lighter it was? No, because I was on a lot of drugs. <laughs> Amy was unhappy. I I felt like I was lighter no matter what. So hey, you wanna you wanna cut on me somewhere else? I'm good with it. I you know I no not right away. Someone else asked me that. I did not right away. And I was just curious about that because you had you had dealt with it for so many years. It was like. Well, I did have to learn how to rewalk, definitely. Really? I did. Um, so, so the mobility in your leg was lost? Because I used to be able to walk like this. When I walked, my leg would kick out. Oh, you threw your leg I out? I threw my leg out. So For the weight? For the weight. And I'd have to walk fast to get momentum. So I had to walk fast and kick that leg out. How was out. that on ice? I don't know. <laughs> I've never just, tried. I'm not, I'm not making fun. No. I just, I'm just trying imagine? to picture this on ice because no. I can't even walk on ice with two good I legs. don't try. I don't try. Yeah, okay. I didn't. Okay. But um, I did jump out of a plane with it. That was terrible. Really? That was a terrible idea. Did you end up hurting your leg? No. no. But I almost okay, died. Tell us the story. <laughs> story. Okay. Because this is, this is obviously a funny story now because so, you're still sitting here. <laughs> so, and I'm going to do it again now that I have two good legs. But I go to, go to the, the, the place and they, they give me my partner. And I look at him. Is he a little guy? So... Yeah, well, he, he, he was my size, but he has something wrong with his left leg. And his left leg, I'm not making fun of him, I promise. His Do they left, tie you together side by his, side? His left leg was like this, real small. Oh, so, real little. Real little. And I said, I don't mean to be disrespectful, but you see my right leg? And, and he's like, oh, no, you'll be fine. I'm like, so my right leg's not going to take over? And they're like, no, no, no. <laughs> Can you put your legs up and can you do all this? I'm like, yeah. Can you? And then when you land, can you put your legs up with 90 degrees? I'm like, I'm very strong, actually. Yeah, I can. We get to, we go up, we go up. Did the leg take over? Oh, my gosh. We spun out of control. (laughs) Was the leg like a... a, a, a... He's screaming in my ear, put your leg up. It is up. But my leg was so big and he had this little bitty thing that... I'm uh, sorry, but I. It's you a have funny, no idea. It's a funny story. I mean, it's well, like I've just pictured you and this little guy. Oh yeah, and, and he's the leg on top. Takes he's over. on my back. Yeah, my leg takes over, and we're flipping. We're flipping out of control, and all I hear is the f bomb in my <laughs> ear. Now this guy has done it for over like 20, 30 years. He's had several jumps underneath his belt, and I'm going. I'm going to die today. The leg's gonna finally. The leg get me. is gonna finally get me, and all of a sudden, I start to feel sick. And I play in my mind, if I throw up, it's going to go up and hit him. He's going to throw up back on me, and then I'm going to throw up again. Oh, my so, gosh. This, I wish you could have got this on film. So, oh. This could be like a comedy Oh, skit. it really did happen. My, I mean, it really did happen. And my family was watching from the ground, and they were freaking out. They're right down there going, that damn leg. She's like, I'm sure they're like, Who ha- does she have life insurance? Like, they were freaking out. And 
All I kept telling myself is, don't puke. Not don't die, just don't puke. He you don't said, want to puke on the guy that's already dropping the F-bomb on Right, because then he's going to puke on me, and then I'm going to vomit everywhere. Like, it would be a back and forth kind of thing. It would have been a puke fest. It would have been. And he pulls the emergency chute, and next thing I know is, we're floating. We're calm. It it we, it kind of worked out. The lower we got, and he pulled the chute, we were calm. And then I'm like, okay. And I see this beautiful... Land, you know, the land underneath, and it all looks patched together like a, like a quilt, and it's so just surreal, huh? Surreal. And I thought, this is what my life is like. It's crazy. It was a like chaos. A quilt? Not, not, well, it's a, well, I look like a quilt now, but like everything was, it, I was in a storm right then and there. And oh, so I, you're saying like that went from all the chaos, chaos to, calm. to calmness, and I saw the beauty. Of the land, as I, as I saw the beauty in my story and my situation, and when I landed, we landed. He said that was the best landing I ever had. And I said, "It's kind of like life, right?" And he's like, "Yeah, I should have listened to you." And he got up, undid himself from my back, and walked off. <laughs> Didn't break, see break what his job. <laughs> well, they're no longer in business. Oh my god! I don't know why, but I don't want to ask. I don't want to. I don't want to wonder how close I was to death. But it was, it, it was an intense situation, and, um, but it really taught me, just to really trust the process, and. It's interesting though how you're you're kind of describing how your mindset, mm-hmm. after all these years of being in one route, yeah, has shifted now. It really has. It it really has, and I'm really thankful for my lymphedema because now. Um, this identity I was trying to run from, it's not, it is who I am. And my goal was always to help people. My passion was to help people. And when I was devastated that I couldn't help people as a nurse, I wasn't meant to stay as a nurse. I wasn't meant to stay at the corporate job. There was job, a bigger plan for you. And I just didn't know it. And I wasn't meant to be the beauty queen because I never lost that title as the girl with the big leg. I was always meant to have this leg. It's kind of interesting because if you look back, because hindsight's always twenty twenty. Yes. Like, I know when we're going through something, we're like, okay. You can't see through. This is not making any sense. Right. What I'm going through. Right. And, you know, it can be good things, mm-hmm. but it can also be bad things. Right. You know, I look back at all, like, some of my hardest struggles in life, mm-hmm. and it's absolutely what has got me to right where I am sitting today. And do you ever talking with you? And and do you and ever we would wonder have never connected yeah. otherwise. Right. And do you ever wonder like what if I would have made this decision differently? What where where would I be? I always want I always go back and think about those things. Well, and I think a lot of it is we think we're so in control of our destiny. We like to think we are. We try to. Yeah. But I control really it. for myself believe mm-hmm. there is a bigger plan mm-hmm. that I take the car off course a little bit, mm-hmm. but it's still going to stay on the same road. That's right. We might take a different route. And what I can yeah. say is I know today that mm-hmm. when things are adverse and maybe not going the way I want, mm-hmm. it's because I'm being pushed in a different direction, and it's just not clear yet, yep. which is different for me because in the past it was poor me. Mm-hmm. I'm going through this, mm-hmm. 08, 09, my wife and I were completely wiped out. Wiped out by the economy. Mm-hmm. Ended up living with her parents. Mm-hmm. Three small children. 
one on the way. Right. And dragging our cars up the driveway from the bank, mm -hmm. repo. Yep. Borrowing money from them, borrowing their car. Oh, I've been there. <laughs> no one was hiring yeah. at that point. Yeah. And by far probably some of the darkest days. Mm -hmm. But so pertinent to where I'm at today. Right. Because it it instilled certain qualities in me now that can never be taken away. Exactly. And and you you were able to learn your true abilities of what you're capable of doing to get yourself out of that situation. I found out how strong I was. Exactly. And, and I made a post the other day on Instagram about that. Um, 2019 was a rough year for me. This has been a rough year for me, personally, financially, um, learning about, about just, you know, business things go take longer than what they should. People fail you. Like, it, it just happens. Nothing, you know, too crazy, but... What it taught, it was a learning year for me, more than a failure year. What it taught me was what I was capable of doing, how I was capable to run multiple companies and capable of becoming a speaker that I didn't want to do, be capable of becoming, a, you know, an author. And I didn't want to do any of these things because I never believed in myself. And 2019 was like, I'm going to show you because I'm going to take everyone away that I put you in contact with. They're going to fail you. They're not going to provide you the level of expertise that you need because I'm going to show you what you are capable of doing. And that's the truth, you know. And a lot of it is about who you surround yourself with. Absolutely. And I can tell you that at this stage in my life, mm -hmm. I'm very selective about who's on my inner oh, circle. Oh, me too. I have a very small circle. <laughs> and, and I can honestly tell you that if... You don't contribute good things into my life. And mm -hmm. I'm not talking about money, anything. It has nothing to do with that. Not at all. But if you're not contributing good things to my life, mm -hmm. you're not in my life. Right. And it's value that they I, need to I, contribute. I, I have a big broom that as yeah. soon as people start with drama and yeah. any other elements that aren't adding to my life, they get right out the door. Right. Because I feel like I've wasted enough of my life. Mm-hmm trying to elevate people that didn't want to elevate themselves. That's right. And it, it drags you down. And, and I put, yeah, and mm -hmm. it does. And you put a lot of time and energy yep. just to have them not grateful at the end anyway. Because yeah. they never wanted any of that for themselves. Not at all. And that's the key. you got to be able to want it for yourself. And, um, and you've got to be able to see the value in yourself. And if you don't, I don't want to say I don't want to waste my time with you, but I don't want to waste my time with you. Well, this Innocence. is my thing, and it's not to be, I in no way think I'm better than people. Right. No, yeah. How I look at it is there are people that want to be elevated, mm -hmm. and that's where my time needs to go. Right. And if they show that they want to, and they're really trying, and they're going to struggle, they're going to have setbacks. We're all human. That's perfectly okay. You know, we've, we've, you've had setbacks, like you just explained. I've had several setbacks, but at the end of the day, when you're still trying to be the best person you can be and put one foot in front of the other... That's all you can do. And then just, then tomorrow's a new day. Start again. Tomorrow's a new day. Start again. And that's, that's the kind of people I want to be with. And I want to be with people who want to elevate others, but also instill value into others and really lift them up. And, you know, my, my purpose for my lymphedema was to help people. And it wasn't to be a nurse, but it was to help people not just in a hospital bed, and I've realized that it's to help people all over the world. It's to help people not feel alone anymore. Um, it's to help people have that voice and be their own advocate. And I had to lead by example. 
And I didn't know that's what I needed to do. Well, realizing it or not, you've been a pioneer. Uh, yeah, there's been quite a few. Yeah, look, quite a few people call me the pioneer. Um, and, and a lot of people think, that's Amy? Right, right. They, 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 <laughs> is, that, is that big leg Amy? Yeah, I mean, I they're believe, shocked. I can't yeah. believe that she's writing a book and yeah, she's speaking just, on a national circuit and, you know, she's working with world-renowned doctors. And, I, yeah. But, you know, what I've, what I've seen through conversation, you know, just getting to know you, is just your passion for cutting a path that wasn't there for you mm-hmm. for all those years. I want to be that person I didn't have. And yeah. basically empowering mm-hmm. people with lymphedemia. Yeah, I really, yeah. I want them to feel part of the community. Like that little girl you talked about. Cora. That 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 really touched me. Cora is... That was such a great, like, you just yeah. kind of threw that nugget out there, like, no big deal. And I was yeah. like, that just really impacted yeah. me because you had put this function together. She... <laughs> Yeah, she, um, when I put the walk together, you, um, my thing, my, 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 my vision for my events are not for people with lymphedema, without lymphedema, it's for people with lymphedema, and when I started the organization. So like an inclusion event? Yes. Where, where they can have a day of just. Being in a community and comfortable with themselves. Just feeling normal. Yep. And, um, so what I do. Now, there are people there to support them who don't have it, but they're supporters, so they're affected with it one way or another. They deal with the lymphedema. And, you know, as my parents didn't have support system, I didn't have a support system. And um, when I started the organization, I said, I don't want to be like every other executive director. I don't want to be like every Untouchable. Untouchable. Can't re- Amy's not returning calls. She's busy today. You cannot have her cell phone. No, you cannot text her. No, don't text Amy. Do not message her on Facebook. Do not try to meet with Amy. Right. She will uh, not see you. Right. And people... <laughs> I'm just saying, I know... That's what they do. I've yes. people like that. It's like, um, we were like wanting to give you $10,000, but you're not calling us back. It's right. Like, <laughs> and then, unless there's money involved. This, and that's not how I am. Like, I did not want to be that person. And... Everyone who works with me on my organization, with my organization, they always say, you're too reachable. Too engaged. Too engaged. Guess what? That's who I am, and I'm not going to change. And if you don't like it, I'm sorry, but I am who I didn't have. And these people need me. Sometimes they just need to get on the phone and cry to me. Sometimes they just need to get on the phone and tell me what a great day they had because someone cares to listen. And... Yes, it takes a lot of my time, but God did not give me this for no reason. He did not give me this so I can be unreachable. He gave me this to reach others. and he Which I'm excited about your book, and I don't mean to interrupt yes, you. Yeah. So my yeah. mentor, John Maxwell, <laughs> Yes. which a few people might know. How many people know John Maxwell? Yeah. He's only written over 100 plus seller books. Only, so. yeah. So, but one thing that really impacted me with him, and this, this relates to you writing your book. Mm-hmm. So he realized one day when he was doing seminars mm-hmm. that he could impact so many more lives by writing books. Mm-hmm. And I never thought of it that way. You can. So You can because they... Congrats to you on that you. because you. your impact will be even wider now. With right, and I want to have you back on when your book. Yes, yeah, so I. That's a big one. Yes, I I have two books that are not published just yet. Um, 
2020, they they will be coming out. You know, the the lymphedema book is coming out, and it's called Drop the Skirt, How My Disability Became a Superpower. Oh, yeah. You're coming on for that one. <laughs> and, you're, you're coming on for that one. And, 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 and people are like, why drop the skirt? Well, that's because I used to hide my lymphedema under skirts. But you were so alone with it. Yeah. And I think, you know, when you get back to, like, people don't want you so accessible. Mm-hmm. They don't realize the freedom this mission of yours in life has given you. They have no idea what freedom's like if if they've never truly experienced it. I can't begin to tell you how free I am. I wake up every day pain free. I wake up every day not saying, here we go again today. Um, I do circles around my family now with my energy. I I just kind of reborn i i really am reborn and, and i have this new passion to even further my my vision and my purpose and my passion to help people i i want them to feel what i feel and you know when i first started the organization three years ago it was grass it's grassroots i put my husband and i put our own money into it didn't know what i was doing i know i have a business degree and i have a nursing degree but i figured you know what I'm not for profits are a little bit different animal. Very different. <laughs> yeah, it's very but, different. But that being said, I will say that if they're not run like a business, they have to be. Because this this is a conflict I've always dealt yeah. with with the not for profits mm-hmm. I've had some involvement in. Mm-hmm. The wanting to do good charity mm-hmm. sometimes supersedes wanting to run it like a good business. You're exactly right. But the thing is, if you don't make it sustainable, mm-hmm. you cannot do good charity. Exactly. And and thank God for my husband, because I would do it all for free if it wasn't for him. Right. But you see what I'm saying? I, and, and, I, and that's why I understand I, I've that. I've watched him flounder, yes. and it's like, there's one organization I won't mention, but I was a part of. This was four years ago. Mm-hmm. And we had uh, started a chapter here in Missouri. Mm-hmm. And had the president on the phone and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And she was laying out the plan and I stopped her and I said, I'm going to tell you right now, if you don't run this like a franchise, it will fail. Mm-hmm. And guess what happened two years later? It folded. It, it does. It, I mean, just because it's a nonprofit doesn't mean it's not, it doesn't mean you go broke. Well, and it doesn't mean you're free. It doesn't mean you're free. Exactly. And, um, at first, I've been yeah, I was like I did everything free, free, um, because I was learning. The first year we made seven thousand dollars. Second year we made twenty, a little over twenty thousand. Third year, over seventy thousand. Uh, At least you're moving in the right direction. Right, and and then, then the fourth year it's going to be over a hundred thousand. Thank you, hubby. Thank yes, thank you. Um, because thank God for a reasonable mind here. Yes, Amy would have been working eighty hours a week for free. We would have been living out of a car. We we've, we've had many um, charged discussions. Y- yes, very charged discussions. Very. Uh, what how what does my husband say? Passionate discussions. So is he? Uh, Kind of the quiet listener is the top is spinning around the room. Yes. I'm just, that's yes, how my I'm wife thinking, is. Yes, I'm thinking, yes, yes. My wife, when she winds up, it's she's like a top. Yep, yep. <laughs> and I just sit there and the top's just, yep. just going and yep. she's grabbing other things while she's going. I do the same thing. So he is, he's a quiet Remember listener. three years ago? Yeah. So like, what the hell does that got to right? do with this? That's what he says. He's like, how did we get on that? Yeah. 
Yeah, I think that I, I think that's what we. But we do thank you. Yeah, I, yeah, I've been I've been really hard to work with, I'm sure, and um, but we were able, you know, the first first year we helped like two or three patients. Second year we doubled that. This year it's been it's it's been amazing. Um, I can't even. I this spreadsheet is so long, um, and it's we started with just a local, you know. Uh, lymphedema fighters and then we went nationwide and we helped a couple worldwide and we've just grown and and my goal is to be bigger than Susan G. Komen and I don't mean now but Susan G. Komen didn't start out where where that foundation is today and I want to leave a legacy 20-30 years from now that's what I mean by bigger than Susan G. Komen I want to leave a legacy um, of resources and foundations foundations to help more people and um, as cancer survivors, the number continues to grow, you're going to have lymphatic issues. As, you know, as they're starting to diagnose now, they're gonna, the, the lymphedema numbers are going to go up more and more. You know? um, right now we're just getting started because doctors didn't know how to diagnose. So there's going to be a need there. And, and what we do is we help them with their out-of-pocket costs for garments. Well, now I want to do more than that. I want to help provide surgeries. I want to help find, I, you know, we help them with doctors and therapists. We help them find qualified therapists and doctors. Um, How do you sleep at night? Because uh, if I was you, I'd be like. <laughs> I do all the time. I, I'm really bad. Your husband's probably like, okay, we need to shut it down. Let's just have a date night. Yeah, like, he does do that. Like, he like, does do like that. Like before all this came about. Again, that's why we're going to the pumpkin patch today. Aww. Like I got to like shut it down. I mean, I'm really happy. Today I got two websites done up and going new emails going I, so there won't yeah. be any dead web developers by the end of the no nope. okay no 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 well maybe maybe one know. or two yeah but we do things italian style and say right that's right <laughs> you don't get the website done you get in the truck yeah yep. <laughs> and anybody knows my family <laughs> we just live south of here yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're so, watching this you don't you i didn't say that yes yes it's okay so, so circling back to the little girl, so oh, yeah, I, I yeah. just this event really stood out to me when you were sharing it. So, so we we have our annual five k run walk, um, and this is our second year doing it, and it's still going. It's still going virtually. Virtually, it will go until the end of the year. Did you want to give that website real quick? So if you go to winourfight.org, you can click on the virtual registration walk uh, site, and it'll take you to CrowdRise. And you can register there. And then uh, once you're finished, we ask that you send us pictures of you finishing the walk, um, how many people are on your team, and, and what you've done. And then we send you a shirt and a goodie bag. And then we also will share it on our social media to show the awareness and um, spread the community outreach for people. I'm glad you clarified the virtual walk. Yes. Because I, I missed all that last part of it. Oh, the vir- the virtual walk. I thought, well, maybe it's just something on the computer. So, wait, no, what you can do, yeah, what <laughs> you can I do. I didn't know, like, you, so you actually go do the walk. Yeah. You take pictures. You uh-huh. share those with Amy. Yes. And you get credit for the walk. Right. And and what we do is because there's people who wanted to come and they couldn't. Because you, you know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking of four people that were going to be taking a walk. Right. Right. And just. Which is what I'm hoping on here. Is there's going to be lots of <laughs> people, people take a walk. doing this virtual walk right. to help Amy out. With. Because you know what? Walking is good for lymphedema. It helps move the lymph. 
See, you can everything's healthy connected. While you're doing it. Everything's connected. See how Amy operates here? <laughs> I'll tell you. Everything's connected. And this poor little girl. We keep. So we, 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 I know. Keep, poor we, Cora. We, we, we keep. We keep shelving. I know. Her, so. so she is um, this this little bitty beautiful butterfly. I call her. Um, she has lymphedema all over her body, but primarily you notice in her her hands. They're real big. Um, they look like little like just puffs. You know, she calls them puffs, and they're, they're just... She's three, right? She's three, yeah. and um, her mother's taken her to Germany. She's had surgery. Um, oh, she's thing. seen every doctor you can think of. She's having genetic testing done. They really can't find a real answer of why... It's in her hands like it... Like it is, because when she had surgery, um, it made it worse, and that normally doesn't happen. You know, her so when they added lymph nodes, it... They went in and took out some of the... They suctioned out, like how they suctioned the solid out of mine. Yes. They suctioned some of our hand, um, because she has some of that in her hands. Yeah. But then it just came back worse. And um, even when she wraps, it comes back worse. Oh, like, my gosh. So we're kind of at a loss right now. We're still trying to figure out what's going on. We, as in the community, um, her mother is such an advocate for her. And her father, um, Cora, is blessed with some really go-getter parents who are going to find answers. Um, so we, um, a couple months prior to the walk, I partnered with um, a lady by the name of um, Brittany and a lady by the name Betty. Uh, Brittany is the founder of Bryland's Feet Foundation, which is a lymphedema foundation for children. And we work closely together. I primarily work with the adults, and she'll work with the children. Which is nice, because then you can yes. channel. We do. We channel back and forth. And um, Betty is a lymphedema therapist who runs a lymphedema podcast. And we launched the first, in the United States, children's lymphedema camp a few months ago. Really? Yeah. How cool is that? that and cora came and uh we all knew each other from social media sure i knew the parents and the kids and stuff but to see the kids see other kids with it for the first time was very magical and, and probably freeing for them it was freeing for them it was just healing be, just be kids they were kids um, no one making fun of them or bullying right. them and just feeling like one one among many and just feeling totally normal for that. Right. And I became Cora's best friend after oh. that. Oh, yeah. So um, so we really, she I slept with her and her mom in, in, in a, like a cabin. And sure. So I really got to really know Cora and understand the routine and stuff. And so she came for the walk. And she says, you threw a party for me? You know, Aww. just for me, and um, that was like, she's just, she's such, just a, a beautiful child, and so innocent, and other children came who had lymphedema, and they all played together, and they're all just free and fun, and um, Cora, you know, she tells me I'm her best friend, and she tells me how pretty she is, and, you know, she's just so cute, how she's a princess, and but the thing that really got me was she says, you have a leg like me. And Aww. so there, you know, when I want to help people and be that person I didn't have, I finally was able to be that person I didn't have. And the children's camp was, uh, 
healing for me. I had wounds that I didn't know I had. Well, imagine if that would have been available to you yeah. as a child instead of just being ridiculed. Right. Literally by everybody, including teachers. Right. Right. Or well, there's something you didn't ask. For. I didn't ask for. And there was a teenager at the camp. She, I think she's 13 or 14. When she first showed up, she didn't want to talk about her leg. She didn't want to be there. She was mad at her mom. Like she just. How dare you how, send me oh, this camp yes. with all these people that people with the yeah. big legs and so forth and so forth. And she was very calloused, and she reminded me of me. So I gravitated towards her. Well, she probably had been through similar experiences. Sure she has. I'm sure she has. By the end of the camp, she she changed her phone. So her phone was, the screensaver was a picture of her and her friend at one time. Changed it to us camp people. She talked about her leg. She showed her leg, and she's like made new best friends, and she was smiling and happy at the end of the camp. She was able to kind of open up and feel comfortable. And that was really, that, all the sleepless nights and the tears and frustrations and stuff, that, it all went away. It was that. And how do you put a price on that? You don't. That's why I say, you know, money is not, when people talk about money, they say, well, what do you, a lot of people, what do you pay yourself? What do you do this? What do you, I, it's not about money. Let me tell you, she probably doesn't pay herself near enough. In fact, she is probably way below I don't. Minimum wage. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Which, that's yeah. probably another little, uh, what, what's your husband call that discussion? Yeah, passionate discussion. Passionate discussion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I pay myself so Hubby, little. if you're watching, yeah. I got your back, man. Well, that's why we started a for-profit <laughs> business. <laughs> we started a couple of for-profits, so yeah. my non-profit's more my, you know, it's just my, it's my baby. and. It's and neat that he supports you, though. He He's the one that suggested I do it. He really is. Uh, he's the one that suggested I start not wearing skirts and dresses. He suggested I do this, the nonprofit. He suggest everything he I've done. He has suggested I do, and the book I did not want to do, and um, with his support, I end up doing it. And you know, I'm working with the editor now. Which, by the way, the editor tore up my my book, which I knew he would. That's why I paid him for, and. He sends me an email, and he said, okay, I know that my edits seem kind of harsh, and, like, I just don't care. He goes, but I'm really excited for this finished product because this is going to change lives, and you have such a great story, and I can't wait to share it with people. So it's kind of his baby now. So now it's kind of his baby. So what he's doing is he's really giving it to me like he would give to himself, and and, and I'm grateful for that. Um we call that constructive criticism. It is, yeah. <laughs> but it's not necessarily bad. No, it really isn't. And it wasn't anything bad that he was going through. There's just some things that I'm so close to me in that story that I would think come naturally, but you wouldn't. Right. Well, and sometimes, you know, editors tend to be able to give more of a picture mm-hmm. of what you're conveying. Yes. That is more relatable to maybe people on the outside looking in. Exactly. And that's he's a great editor. So he really that's is. that's awesome yeah. that he's... Yes, and he's taking, able to help taking me. your base and really just helping me shape it so yeah. that it really impacts you right. know, the everyday Joe that's not even aware that this right exists. Right. Yeah. It's you know my mom works at a, a local pharmacy here. Oh wow! And um, down in Cedar Hill, and people come in asking to call me because 
their parents have lymphedema or they have lymphedema or someone has lymphedema and or they just saw an interview with me on the news and they go to ask my mom oh can I you know so can I have her number so my mom would text me and say oh well such and such needs you to call her because of this and this so I think my mom also is getting that joy now that she's able to partake in this process now because before she didn't know anything and well, as you know, as a parent, even though she didn't cause it, she didn't. But she felt guilty. Well, she, at first she was told that she did cause well, it. Well, which know? that that in, in that time period, that was kind of where doctors were. Right. You know, exactly. Stuff. But exactly. As as a parent, I understand that mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. you feel bad. Like my youngest is eight, mm-hmm. and he did not speak. Mm-hmm. Like he was way behind with being able to verbally speak. Mm-hmm kind of devastating for my right. wife and I. Right. Cuz this just came out of nowhere. Like mm-hmm. there was no apparent reason. Just didn't just didn't talk. Just didn't have the ability to talk. Mm-hmm. So we were blessed to get into a good school district that mm-hmm. had a program mm-hmm. that was like a preschool program but it was specific for speech. Mhm. And then we were able to hire a private tutor and what was interesting though is when her parents would come over, he would Kind of grunt and this and that, but we always knew what he was saying. Don't right. ask me how, but... You, your parents. I, you. Everybody be like, uh, what did he just say? And I said, oh, he said he wanted some cookies and milk. And, and they're like, uh, I didn't even get part of that. Oh, <laughs> so, much, so you get it. You, yeah. So, but we yeah. did it. And, you know, it was a long process. It took over two and a half years mm. to yeah. get him. But, boy, one day when he started talking, he hasn't been quite so. Oh, I know, and you're like... Okay. But you know what, what, what I feel bad for even today, and I, I don't, you know, I'm not saying I should, but, you know, he's still extremely shy because he was very self-conscious mm. of that. Mm-hmm. But he's just such a beautiful soul. Right. But still very shy, like you were talking about, that shadow still following him around yep. Yep. with that speech issue. Right. Well, it's kind of like with Steve Harvey. You know, he grew up with a major, major stutter problem as a kid. He had major. I would never have guessed that. He had such a stuttering problem that um, one day it was like career day at his school or something, and his teacher asked him, well, it wouldn't have been called career day back then because, you know, he's quite a bit older than when they started career day. But he said, she asked, what, what do you want to be when you grow up? And he said he wanted to be on TV. And... Um, she thought he was trying to be really like a smart aleck and um, <laughs> for two reasons. And one was because of his race. Nobody with his race would be on TV doing what he does. And the second was his stuttering problem. Imagine the people in the 70s on the uh, family feud. They would have never guessed. Never guessed. <laughs> Not in the 70s. Not I'll in tell the you 70s. What, they would have been like, what? Right. <laughs> right. And... His teacher sent a note home with his mom, and his mom got really upset with him, and she thought he was being a smart aleck, too. She's like, "You need to, what do you want to be when you grow up? And he told her. She said, well, you go wait into your room until your father gets home. So he thought he was going to get the belt when he got home because sure. he thought he was not listening to the teacher. So his dad comes into you know, his room, and he says, what is this? What's going on? And so he tells his father. He said his father was the only one that really understood where he was coming from. And he said, okay. I want you to take your dream, and I want you to write it, and I want you to put it on this, on your mirror, on your dresser, whatever. But for today, just write something down for school. 
But every day I want you to look at that and remember that. Fast forward to where he is today, where Steve Harvey is today. Every year he would send this teacher a TV. And he called her one year and he said, I forget the teacher's name, but he asked her if she's got all the TV, if she's got it, the TV. She said, yes, but I don't understand why you keep sending me TVs. He's like, so you, I make sure you watch me every day on TV. And, you know. He, oh, my gosh. Yes. The teacher that gave him a hard time. Yes. And he had a stuttering problem. And it, that shadow followed him for a very long time. And Steve Harvey. <laughs> he was Every year. Maybe Every you should year. send a doctor something. I know. I got to think of something. But let's let's strategize. Yeah, but not a TV. Not a TV. But it's yeah, cheap, but yeah, but that's what he did. So, something that could be impactful. Yeah, because he's still there. Yeah. Yeah, he's still there. I and my husband's like, you need to go visit this doctor. Oh, you know what you could do? You could deliver a signed copy of your book. Oh, that's a good idea. How nice would that be? That's that's a and good personalize idea. Personalize it to him. And P.S. Thank no, you for motivating. Me. No diuretics. Yeah. <laughs> Please. Do you see a wheelchair? Yeah. <laughs> that like, yeah. So that's a good idea. That would be, now that would have more impact. That right? will. He's gonna be like, I recognize her. Wait a minute. Yeah, wait a minute. Who's this girl? Oh, this is a girl I was trying to put in a wheelchair and give a bunch of diuretics to. And then oh, and see, and, and at the end of my appointment with him, as he's walking out, and I put this in my book, as he's walking out, he looks at me and with this grin, he's like, "Good luck." And he leaves. Like, he was such a jerk. You definitely have to get him a book. Yeah. I'll be Steve Harvey. Yeah. Send a book. Harvey. But it's not every year. I, I laugh Steve so Steve Harvey hard. shares something, too, when he talks that, that I really like, where he talks about how uh, he describes a wagon, and you're pushing this wagon. Mm. And what he talks about is some people will help you push the wagon, mm -hmm. and some people will ride in the wagon. That's right. And so you got to get the people that are just riding in your wagon mm -hmm. out of the wagon. You know, Steve Harvey's... I love that analogy. I, it though. is. It is How many true. times have we been involved in something? Yeah. In which we look around and we're like, everybody's in a wagon. Right. And I'm the one pulling yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like yeah. all these people said they were going to help and this and that. And then you look around and you're like... I am totally alone on this. Oh, that was that was yeah. I that was a lot of 2019. But and and I guess that was my teaching lesson. As I'm telling you, I, I learned so many things about myself because everyone was in my wagon. No one was helping me push yeah. it. And um, so yeah, I always think about Steve Harvey in these situations because he had it tough. He didn't always have this glamorous lifestyle, and he was homeless and suffered, and you know. But he. Um, when I hear about the disabilities and people struggling and, and things like your child and things like with my son that I shared earlier with you, um, it just it, so you know though he start he he scored a ninety nine point nine on the star math testing. They said he is off the charts. He should he's he's testing at like a wow. sixth and seventh grade level in math, See? and he gets his math done so fast that they have to find things for him to do. I needed him in college. <laughs> I'm terrible don't at math. Ask me where he got it, because really? I am so stupid with math. I'm terrible at math. I mean, I can't even use a calculator. I mean, I am oh. just horrible at math. I struggled all through school and life with I did too. algebra and mm -hmm. summer school every year. I mean, no matter what tutors, it didn't matter what you threw at me. Mm -hmm. There's something with my brain that I just don't get math. Yep. I don't either. Now, I, as far as people owing me money in that, I'm fine with keeping track of all that. Right. But math? Formulas? Mm -mm. You know what I do? Hey, Google. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. So when my wife showed me that, I was like, where the hell did this little alien yeah, come from? That's what I do. Because I'm like 90. She's like, you don't even realize how rare that is. I'm like, no, I realize it because right. they were wanting to put me in special school district because I was. I was really bad at math. I had too. so many learning disabilities mm-hmm. growing up. In fact, when I went to sign up for college, mm-hmm. the. Uh, intake lady or whatever the very first day when i was going in to get signed up bringing my transcripts from high school and all that uh-huh i had like a 1.67 gpa from first grade through the time i graduated from high school and they let you in college well she suggested tech schools oh but i still went to college and you still went to college and i actually made the dean's list see the first year uh-huh just because of that lady and i actually took it back into her and slapped it down on see? her desk that's what i'm saying like because I was like, how insulting. Right. Just because I had all these struggles as a kid. Right. Doesn't mean I'm not smart. I just may not be smart in the context of what you right. view as smart. Right. And see, my son's a little delayed in certain areas. And then he catches up. And But what my son's very athletic. I see his abilities. So my son is not gifted with the, the brain power as some children but he's gifted with the athletic part of it and to me when they say well he's not learning this 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 like this is our curriculum this is our curriculum who wrote your curriculum was it someone who has children because children don't learn the same not not one person we don't learn the same my son that's 12 you know has adhd Mm -hmm. And and i'll tell you what I've had a couple of his teachers where I wanted to go have conversations. Oh, yeah. I've, I've had several. It's like, look, mm-hmm. let me tell you how it works with him. Right. If your material's boring, you lose him. But you would lose an adult, too. Yeah. Uh, it, it, and that's what's it, wrong with the education system. Yes. It's like, yeah. if you're putting me to sleep, I'm not learning anything. No, you're, you checked out. You don't want to sit there. Take the kids outside. Sit in the grass and, and look, go go over whatever you know. Use right. examples of nature, or, you know what I mean. Be very My son loves that type of stuff. Right, they'll remember it. But he is not going to be like all the other robots that you guys are hoping for. Right, that's why I thought in social studies, I would have loved social studies. I love history. Oh, I love history too. I am, huge history. Yes, person. but what would have been cool was to inter- to reenact history, to learn about history. To actually, instead of reading the bold letters in your textbook and writing all the, you know, A, B, C, or filling in the blanks, let's reenact it. Or even the historical sites in Missouri. They're all over here. Exactly. Yeah, but but it was like, no, we're going to sit you down here. Yep. You're going to learn this model. And I still have an issue with this with students. I know we're off track here, but... (laughs) I, I just, we go all over the I place know. on this show. Sorry, Amy. Okay. Amy's like, I can't keep up with this guy. He's like, but I have ADHD, so I'm following you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rather quickly. <laughs> yeah, I am. Anyway, I really appreciate you coming on today. This has oh. been just a fantastic experience. And I, I really am just hoping that we've raised some awareness. And did you want to share your foundation's website? So, yes, it's winourfight.org, and I just redid it for the third, fourth time. Um, so it's up and live again. But if you go to winourfight.org, if you are looking for assistance, you can fill the application out. Um, if you're looking for the virtual run-walk, you uh, can follow the link to the registration. Um, all of our social media links are on the website. You can email me. You can Facebook message me. 
How would um, they email you? You can email me at amy at winourfight.org. You can go on to uh, Ninjas Fighting Lymphedema Facebook, and you can message me. You can tweet. Um, we have Twitter, Ninjas Fight LE. Uh, Instagram, Ninjas Fighting Lymphedema. Um, I run all the social media. I I should get paid a lot. A web designer, social media director, you know. I'm thinking a raise. I'm thinking a raise, too. I'm going to talk to I'm, the boss. I'm thinking maybe not a passionate discussion on this one. I think this is just... What do you think, husband? You're right. You're right. <laughs> what would be a good salary? Let me ask my donors first. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, be kind. But I will say yeah. that when we post uh, the video part of it, uh, we will have all the links on there. I'll also have the website on here in the in the background. So we'll make sure there's lots of thank you links to contact you and yeah. and reach out to you because I'm I'm sure somebody that has struggled alone with this is going to get wind of this. I hope so. I really hope so. And I hope if one person, if, if I need to reach one, just one person, yeah, just all that matters. So when your book comes out, mm-hmm. I'd like a pre-read. Okay. I keep it totally confidential. Okay. And then I'd like to have you come back on and promote the hell out of it. Absolutely. So we can sell some books and raise awareness even higher. But I won't be dropping any skirts. No. Thank you. I want to remain married. So does Amy. Yeah. <laughs> My wife will be like, uh, it was a good interview till that, that part. part? <laughs> right. Because, yeah, because people, they always wonder about but that what title. A catchy, what a ca- catchy title. That's going to be like a good hook. Oh, a lot of people, they're oh, like, what yeah. is that? And, you know, I, I do that with my speeches, too, with it. Um, I like that. Yeah. You know, at one point, I did take my skirt off because I was hiding my legs. So I would wear something underneath, but I would show them where I am today. Oh, and, yeah. Which, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know about any of you, but I just, I, I found your stories just amazing. And anyone can relate to these struggles on some yeah. form or fashion. Right. You know. As I can relate to anyone else. Yeah. Um, lymphedema has really taught me how to look at the person and not the action. Right. Yeah. So. Well, thanks thank again for coming on today. Thank you. Yeah, look forward to our future. Yes. Especially when the book comes out. <laughs> My wife will be like, what? what? <laughs> What's <know>. that title? <laughs> Maybe I'm going to supervise it. Is this PJ related? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Well, you have thank a great you. day. You too. And thanks for joining us today on New Heights 360. Thank you.